everyone, it's Hermes with your weekly hewing message. You know, there's a topic that's been trending, spiritual, but not religious. Have a seat, won't you? Let me stir your thoughts for a moment. I'm spiritual, but not religious. Have you ever heard this being said? Perhaps you said it yourself. But what exactly does this mean to you? Broadly, I understand it to mean that one does not subscribe to the tenets of any one faith or religious belief system. And then there are those who use it to mean the pursuit of God independently of the teachings of a religious group seeking God and God's fullness, seeking the divine and the fullness of the divine. This is a significant topic today, diffusing, especially among our young people. And why? Because what they have seen among the religious has made them question, has made them challenge, what religion really is and in some cases has made them reject what religion is but just what have they seen they've seen segregation condemnation perversion and corruption malice hate envy and greed they've seen superficiality They've also seen, perhaps most crushingly, duplicity, and this is by no means an exhaustive list. And so without proper guidance, our young people have mistakenly accepted that this is what religion is. And what has been offered to them, in many respects, has offended, injured, and scandalized. But notwithstanding the fallenness that has crept into religion, Is religion any less worthy? I want to refer at this point to my church's readings for the 12th Sunday after Pentecost, ESC, Proper 17. In particular, the first reading from Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 4 to 13. In this reading, which in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible is strikingly entitled, God pleads with Israel to repent. God asks through Jeremiah, What wrong did your ancestors find in me that they went far from me and went after worthless things and became worthless themselves? Verse 5. So here we have a people rescued from slavery in Egypt after more than 400 years of slavery sustained in the wilderness by God for just about 40 years, led to overcome their enemies in battle, and made to settle in a plentiful land to eat its fruits and its good things, as we read in verse 7, who have now turned against the one who was responsible for their deliverance and for their prosperity. As God expresses it, quote, When you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination, end quote. Verse 7. Yet, for all this defilement, 
God did not disown Israel. He continued to call them. In the New Testament, hundreds of years after Jeremiah had spoken, Jesus was sent. As he said to the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Of course, this scope was expanded by the time he had completed his earthly ministry, when he commissioned disciples in Matthew 28:19 to, quote, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, end quote. Returning to the Israelites, then, the point is this. Notwithstanding the centuries of brokenness and corruption among them, God did not cease to offer salvation to them. Let's now link this to the spiritual but not religious movement. Do the sins of those within religion make religion any less worthy? Do the extreme positions taken by some within all major religions warrant a discrediting of religion? If your answer to this is yes, then I guess I thank God that he is my judge. For by that line of reasoning, I should never have been born. None of us should ever have been born. And all of humanity should never have an opportunity at eternity through salvation. Now I accept that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. However, let us not throw the baby out with the bath water. At the end of the day, there is nothing within religion that the Almighty has not already erased through the redemptive power of the blood of the Lamb. Does this mean that we remain silent on the transgressions of the body of Christ? No. What it does mean, however, is that, like God, in whose image and likeness we have been created, we continue to call the body to true religion to worship God in spirit and truth, John 4, 24, and to seek his face as we let mutual love continue, Hebrews 13, verse 1. The sins of those who practice religion are not the essence of religion. Religion is a gift from God. Religion cannot exist without spirituality. For it is God, who is spirit, who sanctifies religion. As such, we must be careful of two things when we claim to be spiritual, but not religious. We must be careful of the sin of rejecting a gift from God. And we must be careful, howsoever unintentional it might be, of calling profane, what the Lord has called holy when we scoff and condemn religion. Am I discouraging spirituality? As I've already said, it is not possible to be religious without being spiritual. The two are inseparable. Religion is a path 
to spirituality. For in the body of religion is the work of those who have gone before us and done their part in helping us find greater communion with God. Our role is to continue in the tradition, individually and especially in community for the honor and glory of God. As I leave you to ponder this message, I encourage you not to neglect the work that we have been assigned by the Master, but rather to pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding, as we are urged to do in Romans 14.19. And in so doing, may we all attain love, peace, and joy.